listener. Hi and welcome back to Broadsheet Sydney Around Town. I'm Emma Joyce, Broadsheet's Features Editor, and I host this short guide to Sydney. In today's episode, we're hearing about a new laneway bar that's channeling the spirit of San Sebastian or Bilbao. It's serving Pinchos-style snacks and sparkling wine poured from a dramatic height. Before we talk about Der Frere, Broadsheet's editorial director, Katja Vactel, and editor Audrey Payne are diving into the details of a new movie, The Royal Hotel. It's by Australian director Kitty Green, and it's starring Emmy Award winner Julia Garner. Australian director Kitty Green's last film tackled the fallout of Me Too, and now she's back, and she's back with a film that was filmed in Australia called The Royal Hotel. And Audrey Payne is here to chat to us about it. She saw it recently. She saw a chat with Kitty. She was also overseas at the film festival when the film premiered at Telluride. So I feel like you've been around the film now for a few months. Yeah, I've been like circling this movie, but finally got to see it about a week ago now. So tell us about the context in which it premiered at Telluride. Premiered at Telluride, which is a film festival in Colorado. And I sadly missed it there, but I figured I'd be able to see it in Australia. But it was kind of funny because for people who've been to like film festivals, I'm sure music festivals are kind of similar. You just kind of start talking to people in lines about what they've seen, what they've been thinking. And a lot of the people um, who I was interacting with at least were, you know, from Colorado or American people based in LA or New York. There was a lot of buzz around this movie, which was pretty cool. But it was funny because I'd been warned that it was going to be a two-hour anxiety trip. So I was a little bit nervous to see it, but it's funny because when she spoke to our team about the movie, she mentioned that Americans kind of take it more of a thriller horror and Australians and people in the UK kind of get the humour more and are laughing. She's like, the jokes don't really land in the States. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. um, There's a scene pretty early on. So basically for setup, the Royal Hotel is about two young backpackers who end up working in a rural community because they want to extend their working holiday visas. It's quite a common thing for um, people visiting Australia. Um, Mm. So they end up at a pub in this mining town. Hugo Weaving plays the owner, the publican, and he has a scene very early on in the movie where he uses some what Americans would consider colourful language, what Australians might not consider (laughs) as colourful. So I could see how that particular scene, it comes pretty early in the movie and if you, there's a certain word, everyone can kind of guess what the (laughs) word is, I guess, um, that he uses that American people do not use use or take well to. And I think Australian people can kind of see the humour in what he's saying. So that, for me, like alleviated tension. But I imagine for a US audience and Kitty Green, the director, was kind of getting at this, they don't know how to take his character and it puts him in a much more sinister position in their heads. Okay. Yeah, so kind of from the beginning you have that different way of viewing the movie. Okay. Mm. Let's go to the cast. So in addition to Hugo Weaving, there's also, I mean, there are a couple of big names in it. One who, you know, Julia Garner is has been, a, I feel like, a Hollywood darling for the mm. last few years. She was in Ozark, brilliant in Ozark, and won an Emmy Award for her portrayal uh, in that in that TV series by Jason Bateman. And then she also played um, the most famous scam <laughs> artist of the last decade in yep. Inventing Anna. So tell us about Julia's role and, and also, you know, there's there's two women in, this, in, in the film. Yeah, so Julia Garner and Jessica Henwick who – 
isn't as well-known as Julia, but she was Bugs in the most recent Matrix movie, which is what, what I knew her from. Um, they're co-leads and they play these two backpackers who end up working at a pub Both in American. rural Australia. Both American. This is the second time that Kitty Green and Julia Garner have worked together. So she was the lead in Kitty Green's most recent prior to the Royal Hotel film, The Assistant. So mm. it's cool to see them reunite and it's a pretty different role like the assistant a lot of it sits in the silence like she has a lot more lines in this movie it's Mm. more active role um but it's cool to see them reunite and similarly um to the assistant like this movie speaks to kind of these like threats of violence sexual and otherwise that kind of are underlying in the workplace but in a completely different setting the assistant set in a production office okay and tell us about kitty like where's she from where'd she grow up and also i guess how she kind of ended up developing this film after seeing i guess she saw the documentary Mm -hmm. and thought oh i could do something with this yeah so she's from melbourne which is so cool. First time she shot anything in Australia. So she comes from actually a documentary filmmaking background. She also did casting John Bennett for Netflix. Right, that okay. Netflix stock that came out a few years ago. About John Bennett, who's the very famous young beauty queen who was mm. murdered. And I mean, still to this day, there's controversy about what happened. Yeah, probably so she, one of the most famous yeah, cases. Cases, yeah. Um, but yeah, so she comes from a documentary background. She did her first feature, The Assistant. Um, a few years ago, and now she's back with another feature. And it's cool too because she's worked with some other Aussies, like the production designer, they recreated an entire pub. Um, It's a Melbourne person. She co-wrote the film with Oscar Redding, who's also Aussie. So it's like I think it comes through in the movie as well. You're like, okay, this is a movie about, yes, Americans' perception of Australia, but definitely not cringy in the way that sometimes those films can be. Yeah. So do do you think of it after having watched it as an Australian film or does it feel like a kind of mixture of because you've got these Hmm. Americans playing key roles? That's a great question. I think it feels like an Australian film for sure because it doesn't feel like someone's take on our culture. Mm. Like it definitely, you can tell that there's Australian talent behind it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So where, and where was it filmed? Um, South Australia. So they used exteriors were shot on location and then they built a set and they were based in Adelaide. Okay. Yeah. Would you send people to this film right away? You know, what was your, I guess, what was your takeaway? Yeah, no, no, no. I was so happy I finally got to see it. I was so happy I wasn't like filled with anxiety the whole time. And it's funny, like Kitty Green said this in the Q&A afterwards. She goes, you see two women with backpacks on in an outback setting and you are expecting them to get murdered and for all these horrible things to happen. Of course. She does a really good job of pacing the movie and like letting the tension be there without having to do anything that's overly sensationalized or like confronting the audience for the sake of it. Like things kind of exist in the gray areas. This this is not Wolf Creek. This is not (laughs) Wolf Creek. No. And it's not. It's tense because you don't know where it's going necessarily, but you're not going to sit there and be like, why did someone just make me watch that? Like, it's very thoughtfully done. Okay. And did she talk about what might be coming next for her? I mean, this is, I I feel like this is obviously a really important Australian filmmaker that we Mm -hmm. should be, if we weren't watching beforehand, it should be someone we're watching now. I think she's also really smart about how she's getting movies made and financed. Like, she spoke about the fact that, you know, the documentary that this is based on follows Scandinavian people. She made them American so she could get American financing. Like, I think this Mm. is a very exciting filmmaker, but also a very practical filmmaker. So the Royal Hotel, it's out now, right? Anyone can go and see it. They just have to look on Google and find out where it might be showing near them. Yeah. 
Okay. Thanks so much, Audrey. Thank you. We've had so many new openings in Circular Key and The Rocks this year that it's kind of hard to keep track. But there's been the handsome new diner, Clam Bar, the labyrinth-like Le Foot, the canteen window venues of places like Load Pies and Costa's Takeaway, and then there's the omakase eateries like Basuto. Adding to that mix is a new Pinchos bar called De Frere. Broadsheet Sydney food and drink editor Grace McKenzie loves the vibe at this laneway bar. She just says it feels like you're being transported to somewhere in Europe. So the name is French, but this place is Spanish. Is that right, Grace? Yeah, that's correct. It's run by two brothers who are both French. Um, they own the two bouillon. They've spent a lot of time traveling to Basque country, like when they're in, when they're living in France. Um, and so they wanted to bring that like holiday vibe and spirit, I guess, to Sydney. So tell me, what is this place serving? I'll start by saying that the Gilders were amazing. Um, we started with them and then at the end of the meal, I was like, could we please get two more Gilders? They were so great. It's all small plates, like pinchos and tapas and then a few things that are done on the a little grill. We had like a really snacky meal. Um, we had started with the Gilders, but then we had these breaded and fried artichokes with like this peppery romesco sauce. It was really great. And there's a full lineup of like house meats that are all, if you go inside, are like hanging deli style, like in the window and above the counter. And there's also a lineup of cheeses from Basque country. There's like your classic like tinned fish, you know, churros for dessert. What, what were they doing with their gilders that made you order more? They were just really vibrant, like in flavor and also like to look at. When you walk in, it's like a, a kind of cozy little venue with low ceilings. Um, and there's like a big cabinet where all of the um, tapas and little snacks are sitting. Um, and there's this big decorated plate bowl thing full of like a really like sunny yellow olive oil and then just like all of the gilders for the night sitting in it and they're just beautiful and as a good pinchos or tapas bar this is it's really the food is there to complement the drinks and that's probably the reason that you're there you're there to have an aperitivo or whatever it is what are they serving I assume some European wines yep there's European wines um I had a really nice sangria when I was there and then they have this really dry white wine that is aerated. The um, server comes in and will be like, by your table, we'll pour the wine. Like super dramatically and high. Yeah. Holds his arm right up high and like, I, I would say it would be close to a meter of um, of the wine being like flying through the air into your glass. And it's just so beautiful, like really crisp. And, and yeah. it's not for pizzazz. There's a real scientific reason that they're doing it. Yeah, it's de- it's to aerate the wine and like that's the correct way to pour it um, and to serve it. This place sounds and looks from the photos like it's really small, which feels really authentic for a Basque style bar, like a tapas bar. Can you describe it? Yeah, so it's in this really skinny spot in the Key Quarter Lanes precinct. The team has a French restaurant like on the other side and you kind of have to snake your way in off the street. So you're sitting in this like really cute little laneway I sat outside in the in the laneway and was looking in throughout the meal and there were people like sitting in the windows and it's all like really warm lighting and like red curtains in the windows. It just looked so lovely and like really picturesque. I thought I'm coming back here at like 
8.30 after being somewhere else for like something snacky or like one of their desserts and like a glass of vermouth. It would just be such a nice way to end the night. It's almost like you're not in circular key. Totally. You want to behave like you would on a holiday. I love the sound of this new place. I almost don't want to tell people about it. But you can find De Frere at 6 Loftus Lane in Sydney. And it's open Monday to Friday from 11.30am till late and on Saturdays from 3.30pm till late as well. And that's all we have time for today. Of course, you can stay up to date with what's happening around Sydney at broadsheet.com.au and at broadsheet underscore Sid on Instagram. A listener production.